to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Yes, Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo, co-author of the bestseller of the same name, author of The One Minute Commute, available in all good bookshops and as an audiobook, and host of the new Rekindle podcast. Now, before I introduce our guest, let me tell you about Flying Solo's premium membership. There's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book, and much more, all for just $99. Head to the join page to find out more. Now, today I'm delighted to be joined by Lynn Scanella, a communications trainer who joins us, and we're going to have a good talk about how to have rewarding relationships. Hello, Lynn. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Robert. Lovely to be here. Well, look, this whole issue of relationships in business, how, how big of an issue is it? Is it, is it a problem? <laughs> um, do you think it's a problem? <laughs> I would imagine. Um, think about a business where you don't have any relationships, where you don't get on with anybody that you work with, you don't get on with your suppliers or your clients, um, you don't get on with the people at home because they interrupt you when you're working. Uh, if, if we don't have solid relationships in business, mm. you're doing your business a real disservice. Uh, you're wasting time and and you're wasting you're wasting money. Yeah. You know, at the at the end of the day, and I, I always say that. Whenever you need a relationship, it's too late to form one then. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, look, 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 of course, relationships are important. But I, I don't know what your thought of this is, but um, I think in a lot of small businesses, we have most relationships, I would say, around a lot of small businesses go well. But then we often have some relationships within our business that just never, that's just not quite right. You, is that what you find that there's that we might get it right with a number of people around our business, but that with one or two individuals, whether they're suppliers or clients, we just can't kind of get it right? Is is that your mm-hmm. observation? Yeah, you know, here's the thing: we are beautiful human beings made up of a wonderful mix of thirty thousand different genes each. So there mm. is no way that we can all get on well all of the time. It's not meant to work that way. Mm. Uh, I think that the issue is that I see all the time is when we don't respect each other's differences because you can't like everybody. You know, you don't. You just can't like everyone. You can't get on with them. It, it's not. It's not the way that we're made. But I reckon you don't have to have people over for a sleepover, but you do have to, (laughs) well, you know, but you do have to respect them. Mm. Uh, You have to respect them for their their thoughts and respect them for their differences. And that is really damn hard Mm. at the end of the day because sometimes, honestly, Robert, if if we are being honest with each other, there's people that you just don't like Mm. and you don't know why. They just rub you up the wrong way. So uh, it's... I think it's particularly difficult uh, for all of us in small and big business to deal with the relationships because we lead we lead such manic lives. Everyone is busy, and yeah, you know, I've been in small business for all of my life. At the moment, I'm I'm working solo with an assistant, and have done for quite a long time. You are working at 
a really fast pace. We all know in, in micro business, we're doing everything. Mm. There is no extra time in the day. So the last thing you want is to have an issue with any relationships around you. And just because you work solo, it doesn't mean you're not dealing with people, right? Yeah, of course, of course. And look, and I think, you know, as you rightly say, uh, you know, and as you're suggesting, most people obviously within flying solo are people that are working totally by themselves um, in that we don't have employees, but what we do have are a, a number of people around our business that we work with. So are you saying that if in any small business, if there is a relationship with anyone that's kind of not right, should we, as business owners, should we confront that? Should we always try and fix it? I think that would depend on how important it is and what impact it's having on your business. So, um, for example, if you have an EA like I do, uh, if you have someone who is assisting you on on day-to-day stuff, that needs to be a really tight relationship. Mm. If it's not good, it's not going to work. Um, And, in fact, with um, my superstar EA, Marie, my concern with with taking her on was that she was too much like me. And we all have a tendency to do this, right? You're drawn to people that are like yourself. Um, But the reason that this works is because... We are both uh, highly self-aware of our strengths and challenges. Uh, we know where we cross over, and we know when to stop it. And we have a, you know, we have a good dose of emotional intelligence. So I would say that it depends on on that relationship. So if we're talking about, I don't know, let's let's use the courier example again. Mm-hmm. Um, your relationship with your courier, while it's nice to have a good one, isn't critical to your business. So. If it's not a good one, if they don't look you in the eye or you don't like them for whatever reason um, and they're not doing the job that they should be doing, well, jettison that stuff. Jettison anyone that is not helping your business because we don't have time. Sure. We have time and resources to waste. Okay. Well, look, I, I get that. And, and clearly there are there are people like you mentioned your executive assistant there mm. who's, who's uh, you know, I'm sure a pivotal person in your business. It's essential that that mm. relationship, therefore, is a very strong one. And as you rightly say, maybe someone who's just coming into your business now and again, uh, you know, not so important. But when you let's let's imagine that we have a a sort of scenario where somebody new is uh, coming into our business, whether they are Mm -hmm. coming in as as somebody to support us, as in the case with your EA Mm -hmm. or as a customer of ours. Do you kind of recommend that you do you sit down and 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 try and really uh, understand the personality of the other person at the outset, or do we? I mean, generally speaking, people we don't do that, right? We just kind of get going and we go, mm, "That person's a bit scratchy. What's going on there?" But I mean, mm-hmm. should we change? Should we be sitting down earlier in the piece and and uh, kind of understanding each other more? Do you think? I, I absolutely do. I think the earlier that we understand each other's strengths, challenges and differences, the better the relationship is going to be. So, you know, for example, um, I had a new client and obviously this doesn't apply to people that are running online businesses, but let's just say, so I had a, a new client a little while ago and I it was pouring with rain. I was in a city that I didn't know that well. I had a hire car, so I was a little bit late had to park away away, I raced in full of um, talking about the weather and how hard it was to get a park and so sorry I'm late and blah, 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 blah. And he just looked at me and said, okay, what are you here for? So 
that's cool, but I knew exactly then, because I've done a lot of work around human behavioural types, I knew exactly then what I was dealing with. And in my speak, he has a strong apple preference, which means he's direct, to the point, doesn't want small talk, does not want a friendship, but if it can be a relationship with results, he's interested. So that was fine. My meeting was 15 minutes and, and I was out the door. So if we know a little bit about how to recognise different types of behaviour in others, we can adapt our own behaviour accordingly to be able to influence, persuade and, and ultimately get better results. Okay, but not not all of us are, are, are Lynn Scanella, obviously. Where we we we've you know you've you've studied this, you've worked in this, you've written books, you've written courses. So you can probably size someone up pretty quick. I mean, you, you'd mm-hmm. be the person that if I was at a dinner party, I probably wouldn't want to sit next to you because you're going to suss me out really <laughs> really quickly. You know, I'll go, I'll go and sit on the other side. But so for no. those of us who don't have that skill yes. set and don't yep. have that knowledge, how do we how do we broach it? Is it that we need to study a bit? Should we be putting um, professional development time into understanding personalities, or you know, how do we kind of get into it? You know, um, it's not. This is not rocket science. What I do is not. Um, is not rocket science. What I do is pop psychology and it really is, I think study is too hard a word. I think it's a matter of, uh, of, of observing and of listening. But what I will say is I think for every person it is extremely valuable to uh, understand a little bit about different types of human behaviour. So, you know, there's heaps of personality profiling stuff out there, Robert. It's been around for two and a half thousand years. Hippocrates in ancient Greece was the first person to put this theory out that says um, there's only four different temperaments. And these temperaments are guided by or developed by our balance of bodily fluids, black bile, yellow bile, blood and phlegm, right? Nice. So Lovely. (laughs) So... He then said you had a particular temperament if you had a certain balance of bodily fluids. Now, the amazing thing about this theory is it formed the basis of all the personality and behavioural profiling over two and a half thousand years. Uh, And your listeners will probably know a lot of different profiles, uh, a lot of different personality profiling stuff you can do. There's some really sophisticated systems that you can do which will give you lots of um, detailed analysis about yourself, but most of us in small business don't have the time. Mm. We don't have the time to do that stuff. So I'd be suggesting uh, jump online, see what there is out there, and just familiarise yourself with some basic stuff. Uh, As you rightly said, um, I have a book which obviously um, uh, is, is something that that I like because I've made it really simple in my in my language my 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 black bile blood bile um, blood my yellow black blood and phlegm have become apples mangoes limes and bananas which is way more palatable and easy to digest. Well, it's so nice, it's much nicer to think about as well. So it yes, is. Yes. It is as well. But you know that's what I would suggest. Just edu- educate yourself a little bit. It is the best thing that you can do, and you don't need to go and enrolling two days' worth of professional development because Mm. I think that's a really tough thing when you're working on your own in small business. You need to be able to access snippets of it and you can do this this online by Googling um, and looking for it yourself. But it it is incredibly valuable and I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll just just finish my one thought was Mm. this, that because I was thinking about what it meant 
to me. I didn't know about human behaviour or personality types. I'd been ploughing away in my own small business for 10 years. And when I jumped into this particular field and discovered that there was such a thing, I went, wow, this is useful. Mm. And yet if you think about it, if you know more about yourself and your strengths and challenges, more about other people's strengths and challenges, then you're able to modify your behaviour to get more of what you want because no one's going to change for you, nobody, whether they're your clients or your your suppliers or part of your extended team. People don't change for you. So no. you have to understand them, uh, which, you know, really just comes with a bucket load of empathy. Yeah, okay. All yeah. right. Look, I think it's a great point, Sarah. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, when we, when we first established Flying Solo, and indeed it's still done there, we use a thing called uh, 16personalities.com. We use an, an online service like one of the ones that you mentioned. Yeah. And we invited everyone who worked with us, and we were all like a collective of independent people, um, to go through the 16 personalities, and we shared with each other who we were. And, and I must say that was so enlightening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've still got somewhere in my, in my documents, you know, my little profile of everybody I worked with. <laughs> and it was Great. such... It was so good because if ever there was an issue with anything, anything wasn't kind of going the way that maybe I thought it might. So I'd just have a little refresher and have a look and go, okay, so what personality type again does, you know, what was the characteristics of this person? I go, yes. ah, that yes. explains it. They're that sort of, and, you know, and to go through it yourself as an individual is quite enlightening. Um, and, you know, it's quite confronting as well when you realise kind of how you're presenting to the world. But, mm. okay, so I, I, uh, that's, it's good to hear you say that, that basically, no, we don't need to necessarily all become complete kind of professionals uh, no. in understanding types. But what, what you're suggesting is, well, A, we could be buying your book, of course, but also we can look at a lot of, as you say, there's a lot of stuff online that can help mm. us to understand how we operate and how other people operate and and really good sort of information so when you've when you've worked with a business um that's maybe ever so slightly unhealthy and they mm-hmm. perhaps called you in to you know kind of bring about a bit of change what in your experience how quickly once people start to an- understand each other how quickly can change uh, kind of manifest in a business you know we see it happening on the day and soon after. And the reason is that because I'm talking apples and mangoes and limes and bananas, it's simple, mm. it's uh, it's fun, it's simple, but it's also a blameless language, Robert, and it's easy to remember. So we see change straight away unless, of course, you have uh, – there may be a person who, who is really creating a lot of issues in that team, someone who is quite toxic um, and – and maybe needs needs to leave that team. But if it's a team that's just a bunch of normal human beings having normal personality clashes, they, you can see change straight away. And the reason is because this language continues on into the business. So as soon as people have done this, and you're right, when you said that you did it with um, your sort of extended team and everyone that was involved with Flying Solo... This is a great thought. If you can get a whole bunch of people together and you do something like this and you not only do, say, a profile on yourself, but what's really interesting is to do the same profile on someone else and then 
other people start to see or you start to see how other people see you. It also leads to some very open, transparent conversations. So in a business, the question that you asked was in a business, we would maybe do something like this. Everyone finds out what their natural preference is. And we're careful not to label. These are just behavioral preferences. And you can move around in your preferences, but you have ones that are your natural default position. So people find out if their first preferences are apple, mango, lime or banana. We split everybody up. Then we'd start talking about characteristics, what, what the challenges are, where the strengths are, or what are the challenges that brings to other people. And because we're only talking fruit, it's silly and it sort of um, dilutes mm. all uh, any any nasty issues. So the next day when someone goes into the workplace, they'll go, hey, listen, I need you to take off your apple hat for a minute and bring out you in a banana. And, right, it's funny, it's silly, mm. so it helps diffuse situations. Mm. Uh, and, and what we've seen more than anything, because a lot of the bigger organisations that I've worked with use it as part of their induction mm. and they put it throughout because it's 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 easy to remember and it is easy to put into action Mm. because you just have to remember a few things or you just, as you say, you look up, you go back to your notes and go, right, that's why the banana isn't saying a word in meetings. It's because they don't like to speak up in public. Yep. Yeah, look, great points again. And, and you know, again, going back to that, that's the service that we used. Um, I found that so um, so interesting to to really understand myself and to understand others. And there's always, you know, the, the thing going into that is sometimes you you might go into thinking, oh gosh, do I really want to know what what this online thing makes yeah. of me? And but it's always rewarding. And there's and I particularly one section I loved that uh, that they used on that service was that they also they kind of tell you you know famous people in history that had the same profile as you so going yes. oh, okay so barack obama is the same as me that can't be bad well you know, that's a nice choice it's not bad is it <laughs> so you know you get some great things out of it and i what i guess the thing with this though in our businesses is if we're going to start to put some effort into relationships and gosh uh, I think we would both agree, and hopefully most people listening would agree that it's got to be time well spent. Mm. Um, because in in our businesses, you know, we want to keep the people around us. In most cases, we want to, um, you know, get more, you know, improve our productivity. So the more we can improve our relationships, then clearly it's going to have a, a really good kind of knock on effect. So I guess the thing is, is once we get into this kind of subject then it's quite um, hard not to stay engaged with it. Would that also yes. be your experience when you... Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's because it's quite... It's, we, are, we are naturally drawn to learn more about ourselves and to talk about ourselves, right? This is, this is our favourite subject. So as you learn more and more, you go, whoa, yes, I act like that. This is why so-and-so it, it doesn't get on. It becomes quite, quite compelling, um, once, once you've you've taken on this type of type mm. of language, but how does it? Imp- I mean, I'm intrigued now to know how mm. it sort of impacts your life. I mean, mm. you know, you're moving around a whole lot. You speak at a lot of events and conferences. So you're, you know, you're sitting around in airports and cafes and lounges. Mm. I mean, what do you do when you can see next to you a, a couple that are just not kind of communicating? Do you manage to? Do you bite your lip or do you just go? Excuse me. Stand aside. You know, <laughs> how, how do you manage no. to contr- to curb your own enthusiasm? No, I know. I know. I just um, I listen and watch, and uh, I 
think about how I can add that scenario into my next talk or book and use it as a lesson for not only for myself and for other people. Because, you know, of course, when, when you do this stuff, you asked about how it affects my own life. I can't win an argument because if I get angry, raise my voice, say something not very grown up, you know what I get mm. is, yeah, but you do this for a living. Yeah. So I, I can't win, Robert. No, no. Um, unfortunately, we're all human beings and we all have flaws and, and that's that's part of the joy of life. But I, no, I certainly don't interrupt. But I do, I, you mentioned airports. You I particularly love them mm. for eavesdropping on on conversations and seeing how people act and, and react because, you know, it's really, it's just such, it's such a normal thing. Um, in the workplace a lot, a lot of people are intimidated by people who are very direct and um, seem very brusque in their conversation and don't do all the niceties. That's, that's an issue that I hear a lot. And if you just understand that it's the way that they are, they don't mean anything by it, not to take it personally. And these people are very good at uh, con confrontational situations. Mm. They quite enjoy them, but the thing is they'll walk away from it and it's gone, whereas there's other people that will build up so much to it, then not say anything, then end up being passive-aggressive. Mm. So if you just think about those type of, uh, of, of situations that we have on a regular basis, thinking, I haven't got through to that person why haven't I got through? And if we have the ability to get inside their head, to understand a little bit more about them, what makes them tick and what they might be thinking at the time, then, wow, you're going to save. You're going to be able to get to the point without hurting people, save time. And when you're saving time, you're saving money. You're getting more done. and You should have more on your bottom line. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to – sort of, I'm getting towards my sort of closing question to mm. you now. So – Let's think of a scenario, one, one that is not uncommon, again, with um, an independent professional. So somebody who's working by themselves in a business, possibly selling their services for a fee. So let's say, I don't know, a graphic designer, right? Mm -hmm. So a graphic designer who's got a client, an important client, giving them a lot of work, but they just don't really kind of gel with this individual, how do we, how does that graphic designer, how does our soloist broach the topic? How do we begin a conversation to try and understand each other better, do you think? What, what, are the, what should we be doing to bring this out into the open and be able to discuss it? Um, I'll bring it back to, I think there's a couple of, a couple of answers here. I'll bring it back to my, my first and, and point, major point that I really believe in, which is mm. learning to understand different types of behaviour, recognise that behaviour, then you're going to be able to deal with it more effectively. So if you've done that from the beginning, that won't happen. But let's say that that hasn't happened and you really just don't understand this person. Um, I'm a really big fan of bringing things out in the open, but you have to understand the way that they want to communicate. So look back at why things aren't gelling. What is it that you don't like about that person or what is it that doesn't feel right? Uh, are they are they really are they loud? Are they uh, loose with their brief? Mm -hmm. Are they easily distracted? Do they keep changing their mind all the time? Mm -hmm. So if you've had, which we all do, so yeah. sorry to all you graphic designers out there because mm -hmm. none of us are really good at this stuff. Um, but if 
if you have, if that's the case, and you have a little bit of knowledge up your sleeve, you know that that person is, in my speak, has a mango preference, and and the way that you would deal with that person is to just hit them between the eyes because these people don't mind that. You would say, hey, listen, things just aren't working for us here. We seem to be wasting a lot of time. Um, we need to we need to address this, this, and this. Right. Let's nut out what you want. But if you had recognised that person as being very uh, deliberate, if you look back, you need to look back at, at how they behave before you know how to get, how to move ahead with it. There's not there's not a one size fits all. That's yeah, okay. the thing. Okay, now that's that's a good response. So so it starts it it's um it needs to start with us working to understand the other person a yeah. little more. So that's maybe it could be buying your book, it could be going on your course, it could be going to 16personalities.com or one yeah. of those such things and saying, "Okay, so this person they kind of sound like one of them." So, you know, if you if you've got a bit of a clearer picture as to their personality type, then I guess you can experiment a little and say okay well this is what it suggests how i should treat someone like that is like this and then that can kind of confirm your your thoughts and then i guess you can you'll have confidence to go a little bit further and go hey you know what why don't we sit down and have a chat about this and see if we can work a bit better together that's Mm -hmm. kind of i think what you're what you're saying so and that's that's the thing because i've worked with so many people over the years who've who've you know i've had sort of conversation going oh this client's driving me nuts, and then I speak to them again two weeks later. Go, oh, I, that, I fired them. It's like, okay, well, that's left a bit of a hole in your business. And every now and again, yes, we do need to fire clients, but in some cases, we can probably rectify the situation because often, and again, using design as as as, a, as an example, as you sort of confess, there, a lot of clients aren't so good at working with designers mm. because they don't understand how it works. Yeah. So part of the process can be actually sitting down and going, hey, let me just explain what happens when you give me a brief and what I do, because it might help us, you know, work a bit better together. Anyway, I'm going off down a massive rabbit hole. I'm not going to go any further. Well, look, Lynn, it's been great talking with you. So where can we go to find out more about you? Um, my website has pretty much everything on it. It's uh, lynnscanella.com.au. It's, uh, I'll spell that, L-Y-N-N-E-S-C-H-I-N-E-L-L-A.com.au. That's got information on uh, my book. Uh, we have an online uh, video program that could be useful. I was thinking from your, um, from your first comment, Robert, useful to get, say, a bunch of your clients together and do the online video program um, as a value add to them and that will help you all work more effectively together. So all, all the information is there on that website. Terrific. All right. Well, Lynn, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you have a lovely, uh, enjoyable day with great relationships all the way through it. And, uh, and I hope our listeners do too. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you. Okay. And before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and pros- prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99. Head to the joint page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 